appreciate that. So um, our tri triennial uh, ABA conference is coming up July 9, 10, and 11. This is a, an amazing opportunity just to uh, share with other NAB uh, people and just to learn. It's absolutely free this year. The workshops are amazing, so please register online. Uh, we are in need of helpers um, just for Sunday morning, especially next Sunday, as I believe we're just still at 30% next week. So if you're willing to give us a hand just with uh, the registration process and ushering, uh, just contact the church office and we would gladly point you to the right direction. We want to send our sincere condolences to the Sinclair family. Rob lost his father, so uh, just keep that family in prayer. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's pray together and just commit our service to the Lord. <sighs> Dear gracious God, we thank you so much for your goodness to us, Lord. And God, we thank you that uh, we can <laughs> recognize our fathers today, Lord. And Lord, I, I just pray, Father, that um, you would just bless our dads today. And I pray for those, Lord, who are hurting or mourning because They've lost their father, and we think of the Sinclairs and Rob, Lord. Oh, God, we just pray that your spirit would comfort Rob during this time and his family, God, as uh, I'm sure today is really hard on him as he lost his father, God. And, Lord, I thank you for this church, God. Everyone is such a special gift from you. And I, I pray for um, Pastor Mark Helton as he uh, teaches us your word, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to him, Lord, and just, just bless him this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Just one last thing. Um, I just want to thank Pastor um, Garrett Klumpenhauer. He has put a lot of work into putting together a special day Father's Day clip for us. So that's going to roll. Instead of the kids' time, we're going to watch that. And we'll hear Pastor Mark's sermon. My kids weren't up there, but I'm pretty sure the last lesson I taught them was everything's better deep fried. So just the really the deep stuff is what we're getting to. Good morning. Oh, good morning, church. It's so good to be together uh, once again. See you face to face. Uh, we also want to wish those who are still at home uh, joining us online a warm welcome as well. Uh, today's an exciting day, not just because we could be together uh, again for the first time in a long time. Uh, but also because, as you know, it is Father's Day. Um, I know, <laughs> woke up this morning. My family, we're really out of the routine of getting up for Sunday morning. Uh, so I didn't get breakfast in bed. I actually had to get my kids up and make them breakfast uh, in order to get them to church this morning. Although I did have one uh, who was up early and he did help until he was done helping. And then he like gave me advice from the couch as I was cooking, which is also wonderful. Uh, but that's okay. It's all part of being dad, right? Um, being a dad, it's a learning process. It's different every day. I actually found kind of a cute reading uh, this week titled, uh, Things a Father Learns. There's 10 of them. Uh, sometimes you learn them the hard way. I thought they were cute. Um, these are things maybe, you know, if you've got a young kid at home or maybe a baby, you're probably going to need to know one day. Uh, the first one is, a king-size waterbed holds enough water to cover a 2,000-square-foot house to the depth of four inches. Uh, if, you, if you need to know, uh, a three-year-old boy's scream can be louder than 200 adults in a crowded restaurant. Uh, also very true. Uh, this one's important. When you hear the toilet flush followed by the words, uh-oh, 
it's already too late. <laughs> so you just, you just don't even, uh, what else? Oh, uh, marbles in gas tanks make lots of noise when you're driving. Um, super glue is forever. Uh, garbage bags are not good parachutes. Uh, no matter how much jello you put in a po- swimming pool, you cannot walk on water. Um, pool filters don't like jello. That's another lesson you learn. Uh, this one. Uh, the spin cycle of the washing machine does not make earthworms dizzy, no matter how many earthworms you try to put in there. But the spin cycle in the washing machine, however, can make cats very dizzy. Uh, so, And then a bonus one. Uh, Cats can throw up nearly twice their body weight when they're dizzy. Um, so these are, these are lessons you learn along the way. Maybe we'll learn some lessons today as well. Uh, but you know what? Being a dad, uh, it can be both like, great fun and super crazy at the same time. And it can also be heartbreaking and exhausting at times as well, uh, which is why we try to take a day every year just to say thank you and try to honor the fathers in our lives. And I'm aware Father's Day is not always a day everybody feels like celebrating. Uh, We don't live in a perfect world. Uh, None of us had perfect fathers. Let's be honest, fathers, sometimes mistakes are made. uh, And not everyone had the best relationship with their dads. And sometimes dads hurt kids, uh, even if they don't intend to. And, you know, some here may have lost their dad. I think of the Sinclairs at this time. That makes this day very painful, uh, especially if that loss is recent. Father's Day can bring with it sort of a whole range of emotions. Uh, There's joy and excitement, but there's also pain and loss and regret and even anger. And we just want to recognize that as we come to to talk about fathers. But again, none of those things are reasons not to follow the biblical command to honor our fathers and our mothers. Because while no earthly father is perfect, God's perfect plan for the family includes fathers. Fathers. And to do that, to try to honor our dads today, we're going to take a break from looking at the book of Acts. Uh, And if you want, you can open up your Bibles to the book of Psalms. Uh, We're going to go to Psalm 128 this morning, if you'll turn there with me, and I'll read it as we begin. Psalm 128. We're going to look at all six verses. It says this, A song of ascents. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hand. You shall be blessed, and it should be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Let's pray together. Father God, uh, Lord, we just ask that you would be with us. Uh, Lord, there is excitement that we can all be together here this morning. And Lord, I just pray that you unite our hearts uh, and just bring us together as we try to honor our earthly fathers. Uh, Lord, this was your plan right from the very beginning, that there would be a mom, there would be a dad, and there would be a family. Um, and Lord, yeah, we just want to do well uh, in honoring our parents today. Lord, I pray that you would be with us in our time together. Uh, that you would open our ears and open our eyes and help us to see the truth and just acknowledge the important roles that dads have played in our lives. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, One of my favorite Father's Day stories uh, is about a man named Bill Havens. Um, For his entire life, Bill Havens, he dreamed of going to the Olympics. 
Uh, so every day he trained and sweated and, you know, worked to achieve that goal until one day most people considered Bill Havens to be the very best in the world. And his event was rowing. And he was a shoe-in to win a gold medal at the 1924 Olympic Games that were being held in Paris. But then the most surprising thing happened. A few months before the Games were held, Bill learned that his wife was expecting their first child and would likely give birth to their child, well, that child while he was away at the Olympic Games. And his wife told him he should go, he should follow his dreams. And she assured him, I could, I could do it all on my own, you don't have to be here. But this was a milestone that Bill Havens didn't want to miss. So he shocked the world when he pulled out of the games and decided to stay home. And Bill welcomed that infant son, Frank, into the world on August 1st, 1924. Though Bill always wondered what might have been, he never regretted his decision. Instead, he actually poured his life into that little child and shared with him the love of his sport. And 24 years later, the Olympic Games were being held in Helsinki, Finland, and this time it was his son, Frank Havens, competing in the rowing event. And the day after that race, Bill received a telegram from his son that read, Dear Dad, thanks for waiting around for me to be born in 1924. I'm coming home with the gold medal that you should have won. Signed, your loving son, Frank. And many in this world might question Bill Havens' decision to, to miss his big opportunity. But Bill Havens never wavered. He wanted his family to know they were always come first in his life, no matter what. Because he was a father. He was the kind of father any kid would love to have, and he was the kind of father that God wants men to be. And this morning, we come once again to Father's Day. And some might ask, well, how important is it to have a good dad? Uh, to answer that, I would say this. I remember back in the day, and I hope my memory is good on this one. But back in the day, me and Les Kravenchuk, uh, we were involved in prison ministry. We used to go out to the Max, and we actually worked with another fellow. I can't even remember his name, so Les, maybe you can email it. But the other fellow that we worked with when we went to the prison, he told me about an idea that they had at another prison that he worked at uh, to offer the inmates at that prison free Mother's Day cards to send to their moms on Mother's Day. So they brought in some cards, and the idea was an incredible success. They actually had to go out and buy more cards because so many inmates wanted to send cards to their moms. I was thinking the same thing. On Father's Day, the group once again brought in Father's Day cards to give out to the inmates to send their dad. And at something like only two of the inmates took cards. And you, know, you don't have to use your imagination very hard to know the kind of homes that most of those men grew up in. And why they were probably there in the first place. Never think that fathers don't make a difference. It's been shown that children who grow up in fatherless homes tend to be uh, more likely to live in poverty. To be expelled from school or drop out of school. To engage in drug and alcohol abuse. To commit criminal acts. To develop emotional or behavioral problems. Even to commit suicide. And fatherlessness is taking an overwhelming toll in our society. It's amazing, when I was young, you know, a generation ago, a child could reasonably expect to grow up with a father in their home. And yet today, a child can reasonably expect to grow up with at least one of their parents, usually the father, not being present in the home as they're growing up. It seems that faithful fathers, the kind of fathers that we try to celebrate every, each and every Father's Day, are slowly becoming an endangered species. 
And that's why we celebrate Father's Day. It's just to show our, the appreciation to all of the fathers, all of the grandfathers, and even the godly men in our lives, just how truly important their example and their role model truly is. But being a good and godly dad isn't always an easy thing to do. Uh, you know, I've, I think I've used this illustration before, but, you know, if you go to a store and you buy a new TV or a blender or a microwave or even a the phone charger, you buy anything nowadays, it comes with instructions. Uh, it's like a book of warnings, a book of, you know, how to use this product, how to care for this product. Um, it's, you know, sometimes it's bigger than the product itself. And yet when you go to the hospital to pick up your baby, they hand you the baby and it's like, good luck. Like it just, oh no, where's the, where's the book? Oh, you know, it can be tough. But thankfully, we do have an instruction book for raising kids. Uh, God in his wisdom and in his word gives us some very timely instructions on how we can be good and godly fathers in the home. And that's what brings us to Psalm 128 this morning. Uh, which really does give us great advice for being the kind of godly man God wants us to be. And we start in verse 1 of Psalm 128 with the words, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. And to me, that should be not only the theme of Father's Day, but of every day. And it's not just a motto for fathers. It's, for, it's something for each and every one of us. We are all of us to fear the Lord, and to walk in his ways. But you know what? When you look at being a dad, when you look at fatherhood, there's no better place to start than right there with our relationship with God. If we want to be the kind of fathers God desires for us to be, then we need to choose to make our relationship with God our first priority. And dads, men, that means doing all those things we know we should be doing. It means doing our devotions. It means reading our Bibles. It means spending time in prayer. It means, you know, having a quiet time. It means faithfully attending church when we're able. Because um, as fathers, we're not just living for ourselves. We are also, in all of those things, setting examples for our children. We are the spiritual role models in our families. A uh, cute little poem says it well. It says, a careful man I ought to be, a little fellow follows me. I do not dare to go astray for fear he'll go the exact same way. And the reality is our children do follow in our footsteps. Um, there's even a statistic that says if mom and dad attend church regularly, 72% of their children will remain faithful when they grow up. But if only dad attends, 55% remain faithful. But it's only mom bringing her kids to church. The number drops to only 15%. Fathers, the decisions you make and the values you possess are things that you are passing on and you are building into your children. Men, it's our responsibility to show that we're genuine. Show our kids, our families, that our faith in Christ is not just something we do on Sunday mornings, but that it's something that's part of our life. It's a, it's a lifelong, full life commitment to serving and walking with God. Make sure you walk in the ways of the Lord. And keep in mind, Again, a relationship like that is something you have to choose to make a priority. Uh, you don't just, I mean, even if you become a Christian, you just don't naturally drift into godliness. You have to be intentional about doing all of those things every day. It's a choice you have to make, and it's a choice that doesn't wait. Uh, you know, sometimes we're like, yeah, but I'm so busy, I could just, can I do it later? Well, getting serious about your relationship with God 
It's just not a decision that can wait. You know, it can't wait until you get, finally get that promotion you've been waiting for. It doesn't wait until your financial situation gets better. It doesn't wait, you know, until your children get older. It won't wait for a more convenient time. Fathers, we need to have a faithful walk with God today. And that's definitely step one of being the kind of fathers God wants us to be. But we don't want to stop there because look as we continue into verse 2. It says, You shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. This verse talks about the fruit of our labor, the, the work of our hands. Fathers, you know, we need to be fruitful in, in you know, providing for our families. We, we need to be providers, you know, because we are called to, you know, meet those basic needs of our families to the best of our abilities. And not all of our abilities are, are the same, but we should all of us have one thing in common, and that's dads, we should be hard workers. We should set that example of in the home. We should be productive with our lives. But, you know, even as I say that, I don't, I don't think that the things that we provide as fathers should be coming at the expense of our time with our family. Because it's really easy as men to fall into that trap of thinking, as long as I'm providing just the physical stuff my family needs, that I'm being a good dad. And I've seen that a lot. So know this, as fathers, we are to be providers, but not just of money, not just of a house, not just of toys and clothes and all those other things, whatever else. As fathers, we are also to be providers of ourselves as well. We're to work hard at work, but we should also be working even harder at being at home, being a dad. Um, I mean, yes, you're given, you're given a nine-to-five job where you earn a living each and every day, but fatherhood is the job that we're giving that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the rest of our lives. And fatherhood is the job in our lives that we're given that is more important by far. And we need to be there, you know, because a TV or a smartphone should not be raising our children for us. The public school system cannot be a stand-in for a dad. A government agency it can't be a father figure in our kid's life. Not even moms can be a great substitute for dads. Fathers, we need to be the fathers for our children. So we're to work hard, but we also need to make sure that a lot of that hard work that is being done is being done in our families for the people who need us most. And that's where our psalm takes us next, uh, into the relationships that we have as fathers in the home. Look at verse 3. It says, Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine within your house. Now, a vine, a vine's an interesting plant uh, because a vine is very fruitful, um, but it also needs support. It needs something, you know, when it grows, a vine needs something to lean upon. And the same is true in our homes. Our wives flourish when they receive support from their husbands. And the best way to give them that support, I think, the Bible tells us, Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And I don't really want to make it any more complicated than that. In fact, the most important thing a father can do in the home, after you know following Jesus, because that relationship's always number one, but after that, the number one thing a dad can do in his home and for his kids is love his wife, to love the mother of his children. Uh, when I was in seminary, we took a lot of counseling courses, and we used to call the husband and wife bond in the home the primary relationship in the family. And let me tell you, in most cases, in, in families, when families go through troubles, 
If the mom and dad relationship in that family is good and strong and healthy and loving towards each other, most of the problems that family is going to face will take care of themselves. They will find a way to get through those things together if that relationship is strong. But if mom and dad in that family are dysfunctional, it makes a mess of everything. There's not a problem they're going to face that is not going to be a disaster. And nothing destroys a family faster than when mom and dad are, are continually fighting. The relationship between the husband and the wife is the backbone of the family. So my encouragement to, is this. Men, take the time to nurture that relationship. Don't take your wife for granted. Instead, cherish her. Care for her. Listen to her. Give her your time. Give her your support as the vine in your home. And that's not just going to be a blessing to your wife, and it's not just going to be a blessing to your family. It's actually, men, that is, doing that is very much a blessing to yourself. Because I'm going to let you in on a secret. Women, you can close your ears for a second. Uh, something all men need to know. And it's this. It is almost, somebody's actually putting there. Anyways, uh, it is almost impossible, men, for you to outlove your wives in your marriage. It, it's just that simple. Because men, the more you put in your marriage, the more you will get in return. It, it's, it is that simple. Husbands, love your wives. And be there for them to allow them to flourish. And then, men, be there for your children as well. Um, as this verse 3 continues, we read, The children, your children, will be like olive shoots around your table. Now again, olive trees uh, are interesting plants. In the Middle East, if you had olive trees, you had a source of productivity and wealth. Olive trees were, I mean, they were productive and beautiful and, and just a wonderful investment. But olive trees also needed to be cared for and cultivated properly to get them to that point. And these, these olive shoots are under, they're not trees yet, they're shoots. You know, we, we've, we've got to make sure that they grow up properly. I mean, you couldn't, just, you couldn't just let a shoot grow wild and expect it to become like a super fruitful tree. You needed to nurture it. And the same is true for kids in our, in our homes. Our children, like olive trees, they're a blessing from the Lord. They're a treasure there's something that we should just, you know, just value so highly in our homes. But we also need to make sure that we are helping our kids reach their fullest potential. We need to be investing in our children. And I think there's two ways that I would give you this morning as fathers that we can do that. Two ways for us to invest in our kids. The first, we need to teach them about God. Uh, you know, the Bible clearly states the primary responsibility for educating our children in spiritual matters is not the job of the church. And it's not the job of Sunday school or Christian schools or anything else. The responsibility to teach children about God is primarily on the parents in the home. Parents, we need to be the champions of faith in our family. So mothers and fathers, take the time to invest in your children by teaching them about God. Tell them the stories of faith. Read to them from the Word of God. Show them how to pray. Teach them the difference between right and wrong. Tell them about sin. Warn them about it. Teach them about heaven and hell. Answer the questions and ask the questions and answer the questions, you know, about whatever they're asking about to help them develop a Christian worldview. Just be the teachers. Be the keepers of truth in your home. And most important of all, Invite your children to believe in Jesus. 
Invite your children to put their faith in Christ. Because who better to lead a child to the Lord than their mom or dad? But we need to be the teachers of truth in our homes. That's the first thing we can do to nurture our kids. The second thing we can do to nurture our kids is to simply love them. Uh, fathers, we need to learn to, how to show affection to our children and give them our time and give them our attention. That is what kids need so desperately. There's a story about a man who came home from work, again, late. Um, he was tired, he was irritable. Um, and he found his five-year-old son waiting for him at the door. And his son looked up to him and uh, to his father and asked, Daddy, can I ask you a question? And his dad replied, sure, you know, what is it? He asked, Daddy, how much money do you make an hour? And his dad got irritated, you know, it's none of your business, son. You know, why do you want to know? And the little boy just said, Daddy, please, just, Daddy, I want to know, please tell me, how much do you make an hour? And the dad waiting, you know, wanting to sit down in his chair and relax just said, fine, I, you know, I make $20 an hour. The little boy sighed and bowed his head and then just holding up a $10 bill, he said, Daddy, could I have 30 minutes of your time? I mean, that story, it breaks your heart. But it's actually not far from the truth. Studies have shown the average teenager spends less than two minutes a day talking to their dad. Another survey revealed that 25% of teens say they have never had a meaningful conversation with their fathers. And teenagers, when asked the question, the person I can always talk openly with, and given three choices, father, mother, and close friend, only 4% of sons and 1% of daughters chose their fathers. And yet I think children desperately want to be able to talk with their dads, but they will stop trying if they think they aren't being heard. And they will stop trying if we never have the time. So make time for your kids. Take the time you need to talk with them and walk with them and sit with them and play with them and hug them. Tell them they're important. Take time to show them and not just tell them that you care. Because again, I know personally in my own life, there are, there are all kinds of things that can challenge the time that I have that I should be giving to my family. So men, I'm going to be just blunt here for a moment, ask you straight out. Are there things in your life right now that are distracting you from your true priorities? Is there something stealing your time and your energy away from your family? It might be time to take a hard look at our lives this morning because we need to get rid of those things that are robbing us, you know, and robbing our families of our time and our love and our attention. And it may mean turning down extra work. It may mean spending less time with our friends or watching less TV. But again, my encouragement this morning, whatever it takes, make the sacrifice. Because only when we get our priorities straight will we become the kind of fathers that God wants us to be. And what a blessing is in store for the man who seeks to be that kind of a dad. And that's how our passage ends. Uh, the final three verses say this. Behold, Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Lord, bless him from Zion. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. And I think if I were to try to summarize what that verse is saying, it would be something like this. What an incredible legacy a godly father can have. What a blessing fathers are to their children and even to their children's children. And not just to their children and their children's children. Godly fathers are a blessing to their cities and they're even a blessing to their nations. You know, the
the blessings of having strong Christians' homes in a nation, it radiates out. It impacts our communities and the lives of the people all around us. Godly fathers and godly families are a true blessing. And when it comes to being a dad, I think just having the privilege of being a dad is all the blessing that we really need. I'm going to close with a story. Uh, author Carrie Bob writes this about her dad, saying, We often hear parents say how proud they are of their children. But I'm one daughter who is proud of her dad. My father is an orthopedic hand surgeon, uh, but he wasn't until I was grown up that I began to realize what he did for a living. As a kid, all I knew was that my dad left in the morning to go to work, and ev- as, just as every grown-up has to do. To me, he was cool because he taught me how to ride my bike, and he would put a Band-Aid on my skin knee when I fell. Dad barbecued the best hamburgers and cheered the loudest at my volleyball games. He also helped me study for my biology tests and brought home donuts on Sunday mornings. He'd even get up early just to wash my car before I woke up. Sometimes before school, I'd peek through the crack of his office door and I would find him buried in his Bible. Every time I see the coffee rings on his desk blotter, I picture him during his early morning devotions. My mom says that the older people get, they become more of who they truly are. That's true for my dad. Now that I'm older, I have a deeper appreciation, not only for what he does, but for the man that he is. His depth of character and gentle heart have only grown stronger through the years. When I went away to college, our relationship became more of what it already was. I sent postcards to his office and he flew out on weekends to watch me play volleyball. I so enjoyed getting his emails with motivational quotes at the bottom that I saved them. It's funny, you can live with a person all of your life and begin to see who that person truly is only when they move a thousand miles away. Dad has let me make my own mistakes in life, but he has loved me regardless of my bumps and bruises. In his own subtle way, he's guided me in my relationship with God, encouraged me to develop faith as something that is mine, not something merely given to me by my parents. It almost seems ironic to me that he's an orthopedic hand surgeon. The steady hands that held the back of my bicycle seat and washed my car are the same hands that fix other people's hands. People's lives are different. They can play the piano again. They can paint and build sound castles and take pictures, all because of my dad. God uses my father's hands to create miracles. And yet all of his awards and accomplishments seemed more significant to me because he was a father first and a doctor second. I take delight in what he does, but he's what make my heart swell with pride. You see, everyone else gets to call him doctor, but I get to call him dad. So this morning, we just want to say thank you to our dads. Thank you for being our fathers. Deuteronomy 5.16, honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you. Today, we honor our fathers. Fathers, for your tireless and selfless dedication to your families, for your godly examples in our home and your spiritual leadership, for your discipline, even though it's difficult, for your your time, though precious, for providing for the needs of your family, but still finding ways to provide yourself, for loving your wife in ways that reveals God's love for us and for the unconditional love you show all of your children. Fathers, this morning, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. And may you be blessed for all that you are and all that you have done for your families. Let's pray.
Father God, this Father's Day, we do truly just want to take time to honor our earthly dads. Uh, Lord, for these men that they are, for the example that they set. And yet, Lord, we know it's not a job that's easy. Um, it comes with difficulties. It comes with distractions. And Lord, even heartache. But Lord, thank you that your word so clearly guides us as we look at taking on this role as dad. That Lord, how important it is that we have a faithful walk with you. How important it is that we love our wives and nurture that relationship in the family. How we care for and nurture our children as well. And that Lord, what a blessing that is, not just to the family unit, but Lord, to the community and to the nation around. Lord, how important fathers are to our world and to our society. And Lord, this Father's Day, uh, Lord, uh, we just want to say thank you to our dads. And just pray that on this day, that you would truly bless them. And that, Lord, we would take the time to say thank you for all that they have done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.